We have covered all of Ephesians chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, you can turn them to Ephesians chapter 2. And I'm going to read the first three verses of chapter 2. If you'd like to stand in honor and reverence for the reading of God's holy, inspired, infallible word. And after this morning, talking about my bad eyesight, you'll know to check me close as I read it. Feel free to correct me if you need to. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit of who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Father, I ask you to bless the preaching of your word tonight. I ask it in the name above every name, as we found out last week in our study of the book of Ephesians, that being the name of Jesus. And all God's people, as they sit down, said, Amen and Amen. The Apostle Paul, in the letter to the church at Philippi, said he forgets the things that are behind him and reaches forward to the things that are ahead. Now, I know that we have a memory, and I know sometimes we need to think back to where we come from. I think the Apostle Paul, when he was writing that in context in Philippians chapter 3, as you've heard me preach it many times, you got to forget the bad lest you get high-centered on them and can't move forward. But the, the Apostle Paul also done a lot of good things, and he said you also got to forget the good, the victories, lest you get high-centered on them and don't have more victories. I don't think the Apostle Paul ever meant that we wasn't to glance back, get encouragement from our victories, glance back and get encouragement from our defeats and lessons from our defeats. When he writes what I just read to you in the book of Ephesians, really he's reminding them of what? Their past. I think Reggie Bush, if I remember it right, he was a running back for the University of Southern California, went on to play for the New Orleans Saints. And you know the eye shadow that they all put under their eyes as football players. We know that Tim Tebow, who come along quite a few years behind Reggie Bush, always would have a scripture, John three sixteen, And one of those times that he had that, it was an amazing thing of how many people looked up that scripture that day because Tim Tebow had it in his I uh, marks below his eyes. But I don't know if there was one before Reggie Bush, but Reggie Bush always had some numbers in his. And when they asked him what it was, it was his area code. And when they asked him, why in the world do you have the three-digit area code on your eye mark, on your eyes, whatever them's called. Anybody know what them's called? What is it, Marissa? Eye blacks. Yeah, same thing. Oh, yeah, smart. 
daughter-in-law. Notice one that married into the family answered that. If you're here this morning, you'll get that. So Reggie Bush, why did he have in his eye black his area code? When they asked him about it, here's what Reggie Bush said. I never want to forget where I come from. Poor single mom made it to the big times. And every time he put that eye black on there, he wanted his area code to be there because he never wanted to forget where he come from. I guess that means he knew it was possible to come to a place and you have everything you need, you're forgiven or whatever it is, and you forget where you come from. It's almost when we come to Ephesians chapter 2, Paul wanted to remind us of where we come from. I just think sometimes if we're reminded where we come from as Christians, it might get us to where we need to be in our praise. Awful quiet now. When we begin to sing about what we have in Jesus, our new destination since Jesus come into my heart, I think we could lift our voices a little louder, be a little more appreciative of what we're singing if we just remember where we come from. Is it possible to come in, sing these songs, listen to scriptures, and let them roll off of us like water off a duck's back because we simply forget where we come from? So the Apostle Paul's just reminding us, and tonight I just want to briefly remind you Remind myself of where we come from and our past. Number one, we came from the dead. Look what it says in verse 1. And you He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. That dead there means separated from God. That means we were dead not physically, but we were dead spiritually. Now, let's just think about being dead physically, and that would probably better help us relate to being dead spiritually. I promise you, if you go down to a funeral home, and you went and found somebody that was dead physically, you could touch them, they wouldn't feel it. You could stand in front of them, even if their eyes was open, and you could do that. I was doing that to tell you yesterday. I don't know when baby puppies open her eyes or babies start to see, but she wouldn't blink. Reagan thought I was trying to hit her. I'm just trying to get her to blink. But you can do that to a dead person. You can talk to them. You can touch them. And they can't see you. They can't hear you. And they can't feel you. Have you ever thought about before you were saved the things of God? You couldn't hear them, you couldn't feel them, and you couldn't see them. And that is simply because you was dead spiritually. And so when we think about that, 
Man, I was dead spiritually, and now I understand things about Jesus Christ. I understand things about His holy, inspired, infallible Word. But before, I was dead. I didn't feel it. I didn't see it. Are you with me? I can remember one time when I was just a little kid. I don't know the why of it, but we had a big old calf die. Everybody, I guess, that's got livestock is going to have dead stock. And don't think it's legal to do it now, but everybody used to have a bone pile. I know where my grandpa's was. I know where my dad's was. I mean, if you got livestock, you're just going to have dead stock. Probably one of my first experiences, a big old 500-pound calf, 400, 500-pound. Might not might have been, been 200, and it just got hot outside. I don't know. Some of you know what I'm talking about. But I can remember Dad hooking on to that calf with the pickup to head to the bone pile. And I could remember thinking as we drug that calf over those ruts and over those stobs and over those rocks in that pasture, I can remember saying to Dad, you're going to hurt him. You're going to hurt him. How many of you know old calf wasn't feeling a thing because he was dead? I want you to listen closer to me tonight. We get drug along in life. and There's some things that hurt, but when it comes to the spiritual things, we couldn't feel it, we couldn't see it, we couldn't hear it. Thanks be to God, the Holy Spirit quickens us, makes us alive, helps us to feel the things of the Bible and the Word of God, helps us to see the things of God, and helps us to hear the things of God. We never need to forget when we have a praise and worship service and we together, in our past, we was dead. We didn't get the things spiritually. We couldn't see them, hear them, or feel them. Pretty good reminder. Be reminded we was dead. And then secondly, not only did we come from the dead, we come from the deceived. Verse 2 says, In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Satan there. Now, you've heard me say this before. When we sarcastically kind of chuckle between men and women, because when we talk about the fall of mankind, we talk about deception. Who got deceived? It was Eve, because the prince of the air, the devil, come in, and he deceived her and made her think that the fruit was okay to eat. Now, I don't believe Adam got deceived, and we can discuss it if you'd like. He just flat disobeyed, because God told him, not them. Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat except that one. Okay? And so, when we talk about the fall of mankind, and you men want to blame the women, well, if she wouldn't have got deceived, well, I'm going to tell you, you're the ones that get blamed, and I can show you in Scripture, we are the ones that get blamed through sin and through one, not woman, 
one man. And it wasn't deception, it was disobedience. So we were once deceived. And I want you to think about that. Before you got saved, you had to have some kind of mindset. And maybe you didn't even think about it and realize it. You had some kind of mindset if you had any idea or any kind of belief that there was life after death. You had some kind of idea how to stay out of hell and get to heaven. You've heard me say that before. My idea, and I think it's as a whole the idea of the whole country, it's deception. Is God's got a big old set of scales. And he's always putting your good deeds on the good side and your bad deeds on the bad side. And if you live your life to whatever age that may be, you just got to hope and pray, cabbage, that your good outweighs your bad. Folks, for 30 years, I wasn't only dead. I was deceived into thinking that I was going to stay out of hell and get into heaven if I could make my good deeds outweigh my bad. Now, I think for the most part, when I'm witnessing to people, I think that's their deception because when I ask them, are you saved? Yeah, are you going to heaven? Yeah. Well, how come? Well, I'm a pretty good old boy. Well, I let them know. On their best day, they're not good enough to escape hell and make heaven. That's deception. But there's other deceptions out there. Maybe somebody that was raised in church and told by parents you was dedicated or sprinkled, or as old Daryl said it this morning, baptized. They think that because they joined the church, because they sprinkled and because they was baptized... They're going to stay out of hell and get into heaven. Folks, if you're here tonight, I want to remind you of your past. You not only was dead, but you was deceived. And somehow along the way, if you really think about it, there was a way that seemed right to you. But where was you headed? According to the Scriptures, there's a way that seems right to a man. But the end is death. Folks, that is deception. And perhaps before you were saved on subjects such as abortion, sex outside of wedlock, a filthy mouth, different addictions, lying, cheating, and stealing, perhaps you thought those was okay. And if you thought they was okay or you think they're okay, deception may not be in your past. It may be in your very present. You were dead. You were deceived. That's where we come from. And then thirdly, we were disobedient. Look at verse 2. In, one, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, now listen here, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. 
See, I kind of bled over, but what's the devil do? He'll deceive you. What's the Bible just tell us? He'll also work in the sons of disobedience. And so, we were once disobedient. And I told you the man's to blame because Adam is the one that's told in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17, in the day that you eat of that tree that I told you not to, when you disobey me, death will enter the world. How do you think old Adam felt when they stood at the grave of his boy? You know, I talked to Harold today. I've been accused of I'm going to kill him working on that building. I mean, I got my tail chewed out last week. You get Harold some help, you're going to kill him. I said, I've tried to get Harold some help. You try to get him some help. You're the pastor. You get him some help. Have you looked at all the help-wanted signs on these businesses here and there? Harold knows how hard it is, and we're trying to get some help, and we even talked before this service. But listen here. I said, but Harold, I'm going to tell you something. If you kill yourself, I ain't taking the blame. Because I've been told before I'm going to kill myself preaching all these and running three services. So if when I die, people say, well, he done it to himself. Well, then Harold has to take that same responsibility. If he dies working on that church pitch, he done it to himself, didn't he? You've tried to tell him, didn't you? And I've tried to tell him. We'll get a hold of them overhaul straps and escort you out of here. You know, we talk about who gets blamed for what. You've heard me say when we have church on bad roads, people say, how are you going to feel if somebody gets killed? You kill them when they're coming to church on bad roads. Does people have wrecks on good roads? Why do people want to blame me for killing people? I ain't never killed nobody. Where are you getting at, preacher? Are you chasing a rabbit? No, I'm not chasing a rabbit. There was a guy that had to take the blame for every death that ever happened. You know who he is? It's Adam. When he stood over the grave of his son, I'm going to tell you who was to blame for his son's death. Him. Because he disobeyed God. But here's the problem. Through that one man, that sin nature come into the world. And guess what we done? We inherited it. And we come from a disobedient world. And I know we inherited it because I want you to listen real close to me. And I sure am glad it's Trenton and Marissa and Trey and Reagan. They don't have to teach. T.L. Man and Mighty June to disobey you with me come on do they have to teach them to disobey because it's in their nature we inherited it from Adam you don't have to teach them to disobey it'll come just as natural as they come so I want you to think about your past. You were dead, you were deceived, and you were disobedient. Nobody had to tell you how to disobey. It come very natural. And all God's people ought to be saying, Amen. And then nextly, 
We're thinking about our past. Boy, it really ought to enhance our worship, hadn't it, Dave, when we think about this past. It really ought to enhance us coming to the house of God and wanting to grow when we think where we come from. Because nextly, we was defiled. In verse 3, it says, Among whom also we are all... We all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Now, listen to that verse and listen to Titus 1.15 with it. To the pure, all things are pure. When we get saved and our eyes get open to the spiritual things, it's just pretty simple. We know what's pure. We know what's right. But listen to this. To though to the pure all things are pure, but those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their minds and conscience are defiled. Before you were saved, your mind wasn't just deceived. Wasn't just disobedient, it's defiled. It's rotten and it's no good. And that's why the Bible tells us that we need to renew our minds. See, Paul told Titus, they profess to know God, but in works they deny Him being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Until you're born again, you can say you know God, but things ain't pure and undefiled. Your mind is defiled, and what's it defiled with? That sin nature. Things are not pure. They're not holy. They're not righteous. And so you're defiled. And then lastly, I think it ought to really help our praise and really help our worship to realize not only was we Dead, deceived, disobedient, and defiled. But listen to this. We were doomed. And we're by nature children of wrath, just as the others. What do you have to do to go to hell? Dave said it, and Bob witnessed. Absolutely nothing. So let me tell you what ought to enhance your praise and worship. To realize you was doomed. And God made you alive. Removed the deception. Showed you as disobedient. Showed you as defiled. And when what you had to do is trust Jesus. Because you was already doomed. You was already headed to hell. Listen to what John 3.18, I used it at the rodeo, I think. John 3.16, we love that verse. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We often forget the verses behind it. Jesus didn't come in the world to condemn the world, but through Him that it might be saved. And then we get to verse 18, and it tells us, that he who believes in Jesus is not condemned. He's not doomed. Are you with me? But listen to this. But he who does not believe, it doesn't say he will be condemned. It says he's condemned 
already. Folks, that eye black, it don't have a number in it. It's got some words in it. Dead, deceived, disobedient, defiled, and doomed. People walking around lost and done without Jesus, they're doomed. They're condemned already, and they're on the road to hell. And to think, that's where we was before Jesus stepped in and saved and delivered and changed our lives. That's why Paul wrote to the church at at Corinth, the message of the cross is foolishness to them who are perishing. Why? They're dead. Why? They're deceived. Why? They're disobedient. Why? They're defiled. Why? They're doomed. But to us who are being saved, been saved from the penalty of sin, being saved is what this means, being saved from the power of sin, to us, it ain't foolishness. It's the power of God. So listen to me. Sometimes we just need to not glare and gaze back, but just glance back and see where we once was, see where God has brought us, and it might make us a little more appreciative of who we are and where we are today. May we as Christians never forget where we come from. And the one that brought us from there is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Aren't you glad there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ? Judgment fell on the old rugged cross. And where judgment falls, it cannot fall again. That's why we've got to, by faith, go to where judgment fell to the old rugged cross. But we don't ever need to forget, from the old rugged cross, there was a borrowed tomb. And three days later, there was a resurrection of the Savior. We don't want to be leaving Jesus on the cross, although that's where judgment fell. We want to always remember there's an empty tomb because we serve a risen Savior, and He's alive and well this very day. So, no condemnation for those in Christ. You're no longer doomed. If we take thought captive, those thoughts that raise themselves against God and not think according to the flesh, we're no longer defiled. If we're obedient to the Word of God and we take the advice of Miss Mary, what she said to the servants at the wedding, whatever He says to you, just do it. We're no longer disobedient. And if we study our Word, the Word, and know to put on the full armor of God... We may be stand against the wiles of the devil and his deception. And he's made you alive. You're no longer dead spiritually. Sometimes I just think it's good to remember where we come from. 
But if you're here tonight, listen to me. That may not be in your past. That may be where you're at presently. And because you know that you're dead, you're deceived, you're disobedient, you're defiled and, defiled and you're doomed, why wouldn't you want to put it in your past and give your heart and life to Jesus right here in the present? Let's all stand. Father, we come to you tonight and we often read stories about an actor, an athlete, a business person. I can think of testimonies of a Steve Harvey. I can think of that question that was asked a Reggie Bush. And these folks, when it comes to the secular world, they never want to forget where they come from and the success they have now. But Father, I think as Christians, we need to be reminded of where we come from. We need to be reminded it's only because of You. Only because of You. Leaving heaven, coming to planet earth, living a sinless life, dying a substitutionary death, and three days later, rising from the grave. Only because of who you are and what you've done. That's the only reason that we're not still dead, deceived, disobedient, defiled, and doomed. And Father, we need to thank you and praise you that we're not there. And Father, if there's someone here that those things are not in their past, they're in their present. I know you're here by way of Holy Spirit and are ready to put those things in their past by simply saving them, forgiving them, and writing their name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Father, thank you for just reminding us of where we come from. And may that move our hearts to thank you, to praise you, be the fruit of our worship tonight, that we're not still there. Father, have your way in the hearts of us, your people. Remind us of a commitment we made as a church to pray for our country, to pray for our leaders on a Sunday night. Remind us of a persecuted church as I got pictures from Bryce today. Just thinking about us and our buildings. Thinking about our wealth and how we can give and how we can help. And as those pictures taken over there, they just had some canvas over their heads. Look like nice weather, but if it wouldn't have been nice weather, they'd have still been gathered in there. And that's nothing for them. It would be for us because we're simply spoiled with our climate-controlled buildings. But I say it's nothing for them because the weather and the climate's not their biggest threat. It's those that persecute them 
for being Christians. Father, just remind us that Christians in other parts of the world don't have it quite as easy as we do. And help us to remember we ought to get on our knees and we ought to pray for them because they're our brothers and they're our sisters in Christ. Father, not only did we commit to pray for our country and our leaders, the persecuted church, but Father, sometimes it's hard to pray for those things when we're heavy-hearted for our brothers and sisters that sit next to us in the trials and the tribulations, the disease and the death that's in their lives. So, Father, I pray that you'd just remind us your house is a house of prayer and we'd use it for that here tonight. And we'd pray for our country, the persecuted church, and those around us that are in need of prayer. Again, Father, we ask that you have your way in the service tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you come?